It's time for another edition of the Sports Chumps. Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity, seize everything you ever wanted, one moment. to the sports chumps episode 28 the yearly recap yearly wrap-up my name is mikey nails my broadcast partner is dean the dream dean the dream how's the week going buddy busy my friend how are you it's almost it's we're, we're coming up on 2022 we're kind of putting a bow on 2021 um i don't know how do you feel about you know the year in review what kind of year it was it's been a uh it's been uh, up and mixed, down, up and down yeah, here. Yeah, the mixed bag. It's been very up and down. The COVID is back, which we don't want to hear. Omnicron sounds like a transformer. Next thing you know, our cars will be transforming into uh, coronavirus. It's craziness. It's all craziness. But let's talk about what happened this year in sports. It was a glorious year for some teams. It was a horrible year for some teams. It was a good year for some people. It was a bad year for some people. We had some really good things happen. We lost a lot of important people. Well, Michael, Let's obviously, go ahead. Obviously, you preface it by talking about COVID, unfortunately, but it's 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 you know it's out there and it's real and on you know. So I I I I, I'm, I like the fact that you brought it up only because here we are coming up on 2022 and it's and it's it's as relevant as it's been right now in sports. You're still seeing shutdowns. You're hoping you got your fingers crossed, hoping a game gets played last night in Providence at the dunk where the Friars win a big game. The number 21 ranked PC Friars in the country, they beat number 15 Seton Hall. But you're sitting there saying the whole day, I hope this game actually gets played tonight because you're just waiting for, for the other shoe to fall. So right now, obviously, it's it's been difficult. And it's just amazing that here we are coming up on 2022. And I remember on March of 2020 when we had the first shutdown and we're still talking about COVID and it's just it's 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 disappointing I just I hope during the course of this next 45 minutes to an hour we can talk about some good stories in sports because you know a lot of things still were pushed through and, and there was still some really really good stories and some and some some great memories in this past season let's get the political agendas out of the way whether you believe it's here whether you believe it's not here whether you believe it was man-made or whether you believe it's because somebody ate soup or whatever your opinion is of COVID it's real it's here Protect you and your family. That's all I can say. Wear the mask. If you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you don't want to get vaccinated, you don't believe in it. Stay home. I'm not going to do the political thing, but it's real. It's here. Businesses are shutting down again. Sports uh, being played. It's the attendance is going to go down a little bit. Just protect yourself and your family. That's all I can say at this point. You can believe. Yeah, you want to believe, but it's real. Yeah, and obviously you're looking at some of these franchises. As you look at the NBA right now. You know, Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, is saying, we're just going to keep pushing through here. We're going to get this thing. We're going to get the games played. They don't want to lose games. They don't want to lose money. But at what point are you cheating the fans that obviously you still want to come to the arenas, COVID or no COVID, but you're looking at the product here. You've got seven, eight, nine guys on each on a team in COVID protocols or safety protocols, whether they have COVID or whether it's close tracing or whatever it is. And you've got players that they're, they're pulling off the street, guys that played in the three-on-three league with Scalabrini. Joe Johnson's older than dirt. He got pulled in for the Celtics and he even made a jump shot the other night against Cleveland. But you just don't know who's going to get – listen, obviously there's an opportunity there for somebody that maybe they wouldn't be. But there's just there's seven, eight guys on a roster right now that you just you, – you've never heard of before. And it, it definitely, you know, takes away from the product. you got these fans. They're definitely not giving discounts on tickets. So it's just disappointing to see that, obviously, the uh, – the product is not what it was. 
uh, before we move on, while we're on the uh, negative part of the 28th podcast with the Sports Trumps, uh, the NFL took a blow this week. We lost John Earl Madden, living legend. Uh, he, was, he was a coach for 10 seasons with the Oakland Raiders, led them to a championship, led them to a Super Bowl, great analyst. The NFL is definitely going to miss John Madden. Well, first of all, Michael, I like the research. I like the Earl. I didn't know his nick his middle name was Earl, so that was that was huge, a pivotal pivotal on on Mikey Mills' part. But um, you know what, Michael, you talk about this guy, and obviously you just mentioned his coaching prowess. I think he was like one twelve. His record was sick as a coach, one twelve, and he was like almost a hundred games over five hundred. He wins a Super Bowl with the Raiders in the seventies. Coach, you know, obviously coaching for Al Davis, and I mean, I I did some you know a little homework on this. He was actually like only 32 years old when Davis hired him as the head coach. So obviously very young as a head coach and gave it up at a young age. But let's face it, Mike, you could say he's a legend as a head coach, but could we obviously, we could argue that this guy is, first of all, he's just, he, when you think of the NFL, you think of football, you just think of John Madden. So we all know that that goes without saying, but this guy is a legend for three reasons. You're looking at his head coaching uh, resume. Then after he's done with the head as a head coach, he's obviously a legendary broadcaster. I Before you go any him. further, before you go any further, not to interrupt, you know he was a practice squad member for the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I I didn't know that. I just know that they said that he was drafted by the Eagles, I guess, and then they said his playing career got cut short. So they, I, it sounded to me like it never got off the ground. So um, I didn't know they had practice squads back then, but obviously, nineteen fifty eight. Um, wow, nineteen fifty eight. It's unbelievable. So obviously he was a coach waiting to happen. But you look at his coaching, his coaching resume. Then when he was done with his career. I look at him as a legendary broadcaster. I don't know how, how if you had to pick one of the of the spots where you would consider him a legend, obviously across the board, but you look at him as, as a broadcaster, he worked for four networks, whether it was Fox, CBS, NBC. He was all over the place. I look at him when I think of broadcasting as him and himself and Pat Summerall. That was the team I saw. And of course, if you're a Patriot fan, Patriot Nation around here, a lot of their games, I remember when he used to do games for Fox, Patriots weren't on Fox a lot. But of course, everyone remembers the Super Bowl against the uh, the Rams, where every of course, you know, a minute 20, 21 to go. And he says the Patriots should be safe and just take a knee right here. Brady's a rookie quarterback. But of course, the eight crow, Brady drives the Patriots down for a 48-yard field goal by Adam Vinatieri. And of course, we all know what happened there. And of course, Madden always said to this day, I, I was wrong about that when the kids see shop, he got it done and he gave Brady props. But obviously, I want to close out by saying, obviously, after his his broadcasting career or during his broadcast career, you have to look at what he did with the John Madden video game, which of course is, is a big thing in this, in this country because you know, you know, kids and even adults with video games. So he's had the Madden product since I think 1988, I believe was, I mean, it's just unbelievable what he's done with the video game. And uh, so if you look at him, he's a legend across the board. And of course, as you said, um, John Earl Madden will be missed. It's a real legend, 85 years old. And, uh, it's, it's it's really really you know great way to cap off the year. Not great that he passed, but uh, to reflect on his his, his life. Oh, we celebrate him as a coach. He never had a losing season. His win percentage is second in the league history. Never had a losing season as a coach. That's that's pretty impressive. No, I saw the record though. It was like one twelve and like thirty seven. I'm like, this is crazy. Like the guy one hundred three thirty two and seven ties. Wow, that's unbelievable. And by the way, Mike, a little. Um, Little local flavor here. John Madden, of course, coach of the Raiders, wins the Super Bowl. Of course, Cranston native Mark Van Egan was the fullback on that squad. So you got a little bit of local flavor there. Of course, he was, you know, he was, he had Kenny Snake Stabler in front of him on the center. They had obviously talent all across the board with Cliff Branch and Ted Hendricks and John Matuzak and Lyle Alzado. I mean, that, that team, those teams in the 70s, I mean, they battled Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh was, they won four Super Bowls. So, Madden, um, he was at the top of his game as a coach. And uh, just the way people talk about him now, Michael, since he's passed this past week, um, just the, the, he was just a class act. They said he never talked down to anybody, that he was just he, – he was a – he was just a – he was a people Positive person. Positive guy. Yeah, but it was Little just – Little tidbit, he had two sons, Michael and Joe. Joe played football at Brown University. Wow. Yeah, and Michael, he attended Harvard. He was a start receiver for the football – for the football team. couple of Ivy Leaguers, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, just, you know, obviously, there was, obviously, you know, we hate to, you know, talk about, you know, passings, but like you said, we celebrate his life and there's a lot of passings during 2021. 
But of course, this one being right there, the end, right, right as the ball is going to fall in a couple of days, you just, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to reflect on a legend. And, and I guess, you know, when you think about football, I think about John Madden. I, and I got to say, the video game, here we are, you and I, are, you're, you know, you're going to be 5 0 in a couple, in about a week and a half. I'm 5 0 already. And here you and I are, you know, over, the, over my right shoulder playing Madden like we're, like we're, like we're kids. Cause it's like, you know, it's just, it's oh, fun. Back memories and it's just fun. Yeah. The one thing that he was very famous for was, you know, I know this was he did not like to fly. He had his own bus. His own bus. Great, great, great point, Michael. Great point. And it's, you know, and of course that became that became an iconic thing too because then they started showing, you know, of course he had this legendary bus that he would take. To, yeah, the Thanksgiving you know, days. Day. Yeah, so yeah, they, but, but I mean, they made the bus a, a whole thing too because that was just like, you know, of course he's a he's a polarizing figure. So they would show the you know show the bus a lot of times on games, yeah, the Thanksgiving games, and he's just a legend. He'll be missed and um rest in peace, uh John Madden. All right, switching off topics. Let's talk about the team of the year. You had mentioned this to me yesterday, and your opinion is, and I I agree with it. The Boston Red Sox team of the year. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, you know, our low when you think of New England teams, and we are in New England. I think that they, you know, when you think about it, it's, it's it, wow, it's really not that hard, Michael. When you're thinking about what, what the Celtics and the Bruins have done the last year, and I, and it's not much. Um, and then I and I think about, you know, obviously the Patriots. You're thinking about this season now because I, you know, the Cam Newton year is already by the board. See you later. But um, right now the Patriots sit at nine and six with a rookie quarterback. You know, they had they hit a little bit of a skid the last two weeks, losing to Indianapolis and Buffalo. But um. I still like with the direction they're going with a game on Sunday against Jacksonville. They could get the 10 wins and potentially be in the playoffs by the end of the weekend. But when you think about the Boston Red Sox, Michael, I just think about the expectations going into the season and it's just, it wasn't high. And, um, you know, Hein Bloom, Hein Bloom, I know I've been tough on him, but it's, I, I have also said, stay the course, stay the course. This guy supposedly knows what he's doing. He came from Tampa. He can identify a move, make a good trade, brought in Kyle Schwaber, brought Alex Cora back help the culture in the locker room. And uh, even though the Red Sox came up short this year, I just think that they're the New England story of the year. I think it's just, it's, it's been great. It, it was great to watch them. They were fun to watch again. They were relevant. Um, some guys had some career years to put them in a position to at least give them a chance to get to the World Series. And I think that the future is bright for this team going forward. Very bright. It was the 121th season for the Red Sox. Did you know that? I did not know that. I like the fact you're throwing some little nuggets my way as, as we put a bow on 2021. Mikey Nails getting it done with some little fun facts here. Sports Chumps, episode 28, the year in review. Sports, kind of free forum here, talking about everything sports. Michael, I, obviously, as we talk about the Red Sox and I talk about, you know, the, the, uh, the status of some of the teams in New England, it's kind of ironic that, you know, last night um, – the PC Friars, I mentioned earlier, you know, beats Seton Hall, number 15 Seton Hall. The Friars and Ed Cooley need a good season. And right now, you know, a knock on wood, if they can, you know, stay away from the whole COVID situation so far they have. Um, the PC Friars beat a ranked team last night and they're ranked 21. They're 12 and 1 on the season. And, uh, you know, when you start talking about greatest team, great teams right now in New England, you look at the Red Sox, the Patriots have been pretty good. And you can't forget about Ed Cooley's Friars at 12 and 1. And they're looking for an NCAA berth this year. So that's, a, you know, another good uplifting story for the area. I wasn't, uh, I shouldn't say it wasn't, I'm not a big Ed Cooley fan, but he is doing a tremendous job this year. He's putting the Friars back on the map. They are ranked. So I have to give the kid all the credit in the world. He's not a kid. He's a man. I give him all the credit in the world. He's got that team motivated. And right now they're just on that train and they're moving forward. That's all I can say. Yeah, Michael. And it's funny, last night I got I got called into work. So I, I was able to kind of watch the game just enough to, to enjoy the W and then got home late and then knew we had to get ready for this morning. So I uh, I was going to watch the replay at three in the morning, but I didn't make it. Um, the Friars and Ed Coley decided to wear the old throwback jerseys to my first game that my dad took me to in 1982, 1983, oh. which was yeah the old oldest Thorpe days when they had uh, Alan Roth, Dick Pennyfather, Harold Stocks. You know, Joe Mullaney was the coach for the second time. It was just weird to see them wear the, they were basically the white and like with black and yellow, not the prettiest uniforms, but listen, if you believe in it, like, what do they say in Bull Durham? If you believe in the wind streak, you roll with it. I, I'd wear those uniforms again. If it worked last night at the dunk, 
great atmosphere and a big win over Seton Hall as the Friars improved to 12 and one on the season, two and zero in Big East play. And, and, and when you look at this team, Michael, right now, as you said, Ed's doing a great job, but they look hungry, they look focused, and you know a lot of these teams, a lot of these schools, you got a lot of freshmen, you got a lot of transfers. PC's got a lot of experience on this team. They've used the transfer po uh, portal to bring players in. They brought Al Durham in from Indiana. So they've got some experience. You've got Nate Watson, who's a fifth-year guy. Reeves is having a pretty good year as a, as a shooting guard, another senior. So there's a lot of experience on this team right now. Um, Jared Bynum's coming off an injury. He came back last – he played last night, had double digits off the bench. So, you know, Ed Croswell's been doing a great job backing up Nate Watson. So – Cooley's getting contributions from everybody, but he's got upperclassmen getting the job done. And it's nice because that's what you want to do. You want to be able to lean on your upperclassmen when you need a bucket or you need some experience or you just need, you know, someone to calm the team down. And it's good. It's good to see uh, the Friars rolling here early. Little, in little tidbit schedule. with the PC Friars, 1979, Rudy Williams, longest shot ever. Supposedly, quotations, longest shot ever from 92 feet out. All right, Mikey Neal, Mikey Neal's continuing to throw tidbits to Dream's way as we close out the season. Rudy Williams popping one from 92 Lodge. I mean, all right, so the so the court's 96 feet. So what do he do? He got the rebound. He maybe one dribble and just tucked it. I mean, what are we doing over here? Rudy Williams used to play in the summer league up on Smith Street in Evansville. You'd be Rudy Williams, John Bagley. Remember, he didn't play for PC, but John Bagley played for the Celtics. Yeah, Rudy Portly, Williams had a team Portly from Boston. Yep. It, was a, it was a great, that was a great summer league. And they, they for some reason, it's not there anymore. But I got to be honest with you, Michael. I mean, I just made reference to the first game my dad took me to. And it was in 1983, actually. It was Otis Thorpe. Otis Thorpe played in that in that summer league long before anybody even know about it. Yeah, so my, my point was going to be that Rudy Williams is, is probably one of the most mentioned guys that I always say, well, oh, yeah, I hear a lot about him, but I don't remember Rudy Williams. So I don't have a recollection of Rudy. It's, you're saying late 70s. Of course, we know all the legends with Marvin Bonds and Ernie D and Kevin Stakem, and it goes back to Lenny Wilkins and Jimmy Walker. But Rudy Williams is mentioned uh, prominently around around the PC area, and I thought he was a Massachusetts guy, so I knew there was some. He's lake from there. he's from Boston, Mass. Okay, so I mean, it's you know, but my first right. And by the way, I just want to let you know that Otis Thorpe. I never forgot the fact that the um, I think I've mentioned this to you before. That game that my dad took, you know, we saw in 1983, Otis Thorpe, and uh, first PC game I ever saw in person. And I remember going home that night and the, it was the night of the final episode of the show MASH. And I think I've told you, I never was a big MASH fan. It never resonated with me. I don't know why. It never just took to the humor. But that was the, that supposedly at the time, 1983, that was the most watched finale of a show ever. And I think to this day, 2021, it still is, unless I'm, unless something jumped it. But um, I know it's just a meaningless tidbit, but uh, we're sort of free forum here on the, uh, the year in review of sports. Mikey Nails, Dean the Dream, episode 28. Um, Fry is rolling 12 and 1. Let's hope they can keep it going in the biggies. I've told you before, Michael, you get the 20 wins, you're probably in the NCAA tournament, especially now that you're ranked, which means the committee respects some of the wins that they have. Good stuff here from Providence. If they keep the train going, they're gonna they're, they're gonna make the tournament. Uh, if they don't, there's a problem. Well, I'll tell you one thing, you start out with a win at UConn, you come home. All right, you had the COVID problem. They didn't play Georgetown, which was supposed to be a forfeit, but now they're going to try to make it up. So hopefully they get these games in. And I'm, I think you would agree with me. I think our personalities mesh. We've been doing this long enough. I don't think you want a free win off a forfeit. You want to play it on the court and play it out. I mean, Was really? the forfeit because of COVID or what was the reason? Yeah, so 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 here's, here's, obviously with COVID, Michael, they, they tweaked the rules on the fly, which I don't like that. So what happened was Georgetown was supposed to come to Providence last Wednesday. The game got canceled because Georgetown had the COVID outbreak. They considered it a forfeit, and PC was already awarded the win. And I didn't like that because I'm like, well, I don't want a win that you didn't you didn't produce on the court. What yeah. could it, and, they, and they said that the committee would not recognize it as far as the resume. So what good is just saying, all right, we got to you want to get the game in? So I guess they changed it after they said it was a canceled game because if it's canceled, then it's then it doesn't get made up. But now they changed the rule. I don't know if it was a Big East thing or it was an NCA thing. But they decided that there were three other games within the Big East, within the conference, that were that were forfeited at that point. So now they decided that those four games, they are going to try to make those games up. So that PC Georgetown game, you've got tickets for it. Hold on to them because that game still could get made up. And we hope it does because you want to see the games played on the court. Yeah. Moving back to baseball, the baseball suffered a major loss this year. The loss of Henry Lewis Aaron 
aka Hammer and Hank, passed away January 22nd, 2021. That's a major blow to Major League Baseball. Guy was incredible. He's another legend, uh, old school legend. You know, he is probably in my top 10 of greatest baseball players of all time. I agree, Michael. And of course, uh, again, I'm not going to speak for you, but I hope you agree with me that obviously in the last 15 years with Barry Bonds breaking his home run record, I'm not acknowledging that. And I hope that you agree with me because in my eyes, Hank Aaron is still the all-time home run leader. In my eyes, with what, 755 home runs. He passed Hank Aaron in 1974 with a home run off Al Downing against the, Los against the LA Dodgers. Hank Aaron, class act, went through a lot with segregation back in the 50s, got a lot of death threats and terrible letters. Nobody wanted him to break Babe Ruth's home run record. He's a class act. He will be missed. And I'm sure he was looking down recently during 2021 after his passing, looking down on his Atlanta Braves when they won the World Series this year. Another great story as they got over on the uh, the Houston Astros. That was enjoyable to see. So, uh, some you know, obviously it's sad about his passing, but we celebrate Hank Aaron, Henry Aaron, and... Uh, you know, his, his Atlanta Braves went in the World Series this year. So, so it's kind of a good story. All these guys that were on steroids and hit all these home runs, there should be an asterisk near their name in the in the record book. Just like they, they shouldn't be acknowledged at all. And I'm going to refer I'm going to refer back to a disagreement we had. They shouldn't be acknowledged until Pete Rose is led into the Hall of Fame, which you know you are saying he never will be led in because he's bet on his own team. Until he's led into the Hall of Fame, then these guys should not be acknowledged. That record should not even be acknowledged as being broken. Yeah. So that's just my so you're opinion. Saying, you're saying it starts with Charlie Hustle. If you don't put him in, then, 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 then the Roy you know, the Heat. Listen, my opinion is the best all-around baseball player, it, it's Pete Rowe. I mean, the guy was amazing. On the field, off the, well, off the field, he's kind of got an attitude, but. You know, he's, he's very angry at himself, and he does deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Yes, he bet. He bet. He bet. We, we get all that. But he has a pat. They're not, they're not going to let him in. You know that. You're going to argue with me. I know they're not going to let him in. So. It he doesn't look good. Team. I understand well, what you're going to say. But well, until, he, until, until they have that discussion, then all these guys with all these home runs and McGuire and Sosa, and Sosa's trying to change the color of his skin and all that stuff, stop now. You, you, it's over. Like yeah, they shouldn't even they shouldn't even gave him the acknowledgement of having that special on him. They they acknowledged those two guys. It was a great great. What was it a uh, thirty for thirty? It was a yeah. great thirty for thirty because that was a great year of baseball. But you yeah. you know what I know that both those guys were on the juice. They were sauced up, okay. And they and then what they're doing is they're just giving them the acknowledgement. It's why, yeah. Well, it's, it's a shame that as far as if you want to break down McGuire and Sosa, obviously you asked me about Hall of Fame, and I told you those guys, like, you take away their home runs, they're not really Hall of Fame players. They like, see if, if the home runs are... Oh, they're average Joes. Yeah, so, like, McGuire's like a 260 lifetime hitter. The home runs will get him in, but the home runs were enhanced by the Roy. So, like, a guy like Bonds, it's too bad because he was a 300 hitter. He was a, an all-star player. I mean, his head blew up, but, I mean, the guy was still a, a Hall of Fame player before the steroids. It's too bad that he did it, but he still did it. So obviously, you know, listen, it starts with Pete Rose. You're right. Somebody got those 4,200 hits, okay? I think he's swill off the field. Um, I don't want to start yeah, tipping my hand. I don't want to start tipping my hand what you do for a living, Michael, with your personal life. But I wouldn't be surprised if you saw him rolling through one, one of the floors where you work right now. I'm just saying. I mean, Pete, li Pete likes to lay it in. So, I mean, it is what it is. But we'll move on from that. Obviously, we could the Hall of Fame thing, that's a whole debate for another podcast. But as far as for 2021, obviously, I don't believe he'll get in the Hall of Fame. And don't forget, Michael, who wants, obviously, it would take a commissioner's vote or commissioner's veto to put him in. Do you think that next commissioner wants to be the guy that put him in unless somebody just likes him? Or, no, I'm just saying, then there'll be an asterisk near his name. Right. I'm just saying, you know, right now it's, it's you know, Manfred's, the, Manfred's the, uh, the commissioner. You know, nobody wanted to make that move. Bud Seeley definitely didn't want to do it. So I'm just saying, I don't know if anybody's going to want to take that hit and then maybe see what the backlash would be. But, um, yeah, of course, he's a Hall of Fame player. It's a shame that he's not in, but the things he did in his personal life, I'm sorry, Michael, he brought it on himself. No, I, I agree with that. But what I'm saying is they don't even acknowledge the guy, but they acknowledge these people on the 30 for 30 specials. That's a, that's Well, that's an, ESP, that's an ESPN thing, though. That's yeah, not well, a, that's because that's they not don't want the ratings. Things. I get it. Disney, ESPN, I understand. 
What? Yeah, do I want to see Sammy Sosa look like Michael Jackson at the end? No, I don't want to see a white. I don't want to see Sammy Sosa. And he walks off the camera. Stop it. No, what are we doing over here? Walking you're not that Sammy Sosa, I got news for you. If you aren't listening, but if you are listening, you're not that important to baseball. You're irrelevant at this point. All right. Mikey Nails making references. Sosa's by the boards. His face is white. I don't know what he's doing over there. Walked off the set with Jeremy Schaap. Nails make. Nails making references to the 30 for 30 on ESPN. Enough's enough. Maguire and Sosa drift into the sunset. Do what you got to do. But you're, like you just said, Michael, you're not that relevant. Not relevant. One guy that's not even – one guy you never hear about anymore, Roger Clemens. Never hear about him. He drifted off into the sunset and minds his business. Yeah, and it's funny. He still comes back to Boston once in a while, and they bring him on the broadcast. So, I mean, you know, you got some things, you know, obviously he's not hated in Boston. You would think after ah. going to the Yankees and all that, but obviously that was a trade. But you would think that, you know, people wouldn't like him around here, but people still do. I grew up a Rocket. You know, my father got me an autographed ball and said, best wishes, Dean, autographed by Clemens. So he was my idol until he started with the Roids and, and all that. It's just unfortunate that that played out. But I know there were years in his career where he was clean, and that guy was, you know, in 1986, when he was 24 and four with a 2.48 ERA, and he won Cy Young and MVP, and took the Red Sox within an eyelash of winning their first World Series. Um, in about uh, back then, it wasn't 86 years, so it was uh, something like 70 something. And to the but, people that say you still have to have the hand-eye coordination to hit the baseball out of the park, you absolutely do. But when you talk, when you start taking cycles of steroids, that ball's going a lot farther, and it's just it's a firework off the bat. So we're gonna end well up- again. Again, when you talk about hand-eye, it's funny you mentioned hand-eye because Barry Ponds had the best hand-eye coordination of anyone I've ever seen play the game. But the bottom line is, as you said, those fly balls to the warning track are now going in McCovey's cold. So when you're, and plus it gives you a feeling of invincibility. I mean, I never put a needle in my body like that, and I never enhanced myself. Maybe I should have, but no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. But no, it's just you know. You look at a guy like Bonds, the talent was always there. The MVPs were in, he was winning them in Pittsburgh. He was clean as a whistle back then. So it's just unfortunate to see. I believe he started doing it because he saw McGuire and Sosa in 98 and said, you know, he wanted more attention because a guy, guy doesn't put up 30, 35 homers a year. And then all of a sudden at the age of 35, hits 72. It just it, it, it doesn't translate. You just don't double your dingus. So obviously there's the, where there's smoke, there's fire. And by the way, He's not a very nice guy. So obviously the media doesn't give him a oh, pass. Barry Bonds? Bonds is not the nicest guy in the world. Ah, he's ignorant. So, he's ignorant. He's, yeah. he's a if total you were king. On the juice, If you were on the juice, the Winstrow, and you were taking the needle, you'd be Dynamite Dean Salitro. All right. Nail's giving me props if I put the needle in my backside, but it's not going to happen. It's certainly not going to happen at 50 right now. I mean, I got it done in Florida. It is what it is. We can talk salty dogs later, but I can still chuck it a little bit. I'm not throwing it by anybody, but it's all good here on the Sports Chumps. We're having a little bit of fun. Free forum here, closing out the season, the year in review, the top stories of sports. And I mean, Michael, we're jumping all over the place and it's fun to do. But um, I guess like, what was it, last week or maybe two weeks ago, you and I kind of talked, getting jumping around with NBA, the Steph Curry three-point um, record that he beat Ray Allen. 2,974 threes. He's already at 3,000 now, of course, because he's played yeah. more games. But um, I know you're a big Steph Curry fan. What did you think about all of it? I think well, you thought I, it was a little overblown. To me, baseball has changed. I mean, basketball has changed. When we were, I keep, you know, we always talk about the old school days and blah, blah, blah. It was more of a team sport. I'm not saying it's not a team sport now, but what's going on is, is there's a rebound, there's a pass, either, either, there's a rebound. They give it to Curry. Steps over half court, lets it go, and it's like it's like a missile. It's like a scud missile going into a hole. It's just like it's in. The guy's on another. He's on a whole nother level of incredible shooting. He's one of the. I think right now he is the NBA because wherever he goes, whatever arena he goes to, that arena is sold out. It's incredible no, he, what he does and the no. ball handling skills. There's one He's, guy. There's one guy that no one ever talks about with ball handling skills, and no one ever talks about him because I don't know if, if they don't remember him or whatever. He had the floppy socks. He had the floppy hair. Pete Maravich. No one handled the ball like him. Nobody. I don't care what anybody says. You could. You could. You could you bring up a point guard. There's nobody better than Maravich. Yeah, well, he was, sort of was averaging before. 44 points on FLSU. Averaging, not averaging. Oh, oh, uh, and, and how about Mike? You're leaving out one important nugget. 
back then in the late 60s, early 70s, when he was pumping in 40 a game for his no dad. Threes. No threes. You didn't have the three-point shot. He no. also didn't have freshmen playing, so I think he played three years. There wasn't you freshman couldn't play then. No. He played for his dad, he played for his dad, Press Maravich. And of course, Pete Maravich. I think when you talk about ball here, like he was just a different guy, and I think he was before his time. Went on to have a good NBA career, not a phenomenal NBA career. No. He played on some real he played on some real bad teams with Atlanta and Utah. And I think he even got a little cup of coffee with the Celtics at the end of his career when he was sort of on the on the back. He had a bum knee. But yeah, he had a bad knee. But uh, Maravich is a legend. And it's it's just it, you you talk about ball you talk about ball handling no doubt about it but uh, you look at Steph Curry right now he is the NBA and I just want to make references for, to you and for the for our sports chump family out there that I did um, been doing my homework the last week or so going back for some uh, some earlier podcasts and I just want to say I'm not saying that you said you were Steph Curry but at one point you did make reference I think you I was doing that I was doing that shit before at Seven, <laughs> I, I, I before Curry I know I I, I, under, I understand what you I said was it wasn't like from the half court it was going I, in Yeah I don't think you were saying that like you were as good as Steph Curry no. you were just saying that like I was shoot I was shooting from 40 before Steph Curry was which you were basically saying like I was Steph Curry before Steph Curry What are we doing over here I was, Mikey I was Mills, bombing from I was bombing at the boys club I was Mikey stepping over the half court and letting it go Mikey Nails at the North Providence uh, Wands, Kentucky Boys Club on Wands, Kentucky Avenue, hoisting him from 40 back in the day. I got the long rebound maybe off a couple of misses. Maybe I got a couple that went through the – went was nothing but nylon. But obviously Nails was <laughs> – Nails was Curry before Curry was Curry. Little tidbit, Steph Curry's real name is Wardell Stephen Curry II. <laughs> All right, Mikey Nails waits for episode 28, the finale of the 2021 season, to start chucking tidbits everywhere. Little Dean the Dream type savant, little things coming out every which way. Solid move on your part to close out, which has been an up and down season. But obviously, Michael, when we think about the season and we want to put a bow on it as we're coming up on, you know, late innings here on our um, on our podcast, I'm thinking to myself, this is actually was a great season because it, it launched you and I together doing the show so obviously you know you think about the good and the bad and of course you and I have been through a lot during the course of the season so we've had our ups and downs but you know when the smoke clears here we are as we as we start going towards 2022 I think that I think there's a lot of good things ahead as we look back I want to thank all of our loyal listeners for listening uh to 88.1 FM WLH and especially on Spotify and I know you get a lot of feedback at your job I don't really get a lot of feedback because I'm I work three jobs and I'm all over the place but I do want to thank all every single one of the loyal listeners if I could take every single one of you out to eat I definitely would all of our listeners are are very loyal to us uh we do have a lot of them and we're going to keep it going and hopefully this this podcast brings us somewhere because that's the goal Get a couple of sponsors, get into a little studio, have guest appearances, have call-ins. It's all going to happen within the next year. What, like I say, season two is coming up of the Sports Trumps. Yeah, I mean, there's great things ahead for us. I believe there's greatness in the future, in the near future, and we're going to continue to build the brand. I'm committed. You're committed. I mean, it's been it's been a it's been a fun ride. It's been a, you know, like I said, you look back. I'm I'm looking at some of the stories here in 2021, and um. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's been a, it's been a great ride. It really yes. has. Yes. As you may have you may have lost me there for like a second. Am I correct on that? Am I, you still got me? Yeah. Okay. I thought you, I, I thought I thought I got lost in the shuffle there for a second. But um, here we yeah. are. Here we are coming up on 2022, Michael, and we're still looking back a little bit on 2021. As like I said, as we put a bow on things here. Yeah, I'm just gonna jump around really quick. You had the Milwaukee Bucks win their first title in NBA title in 50 years since they had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the year that I was born, 1971. And of course, I don't think it's rocket science to figure out that Giannis Antetokounmpo was the MVP of the series and MVP of, you know, he's won two MVPs in the, in, in the league. So that was a nice story seeing the Bucks finally win a championship. I know during the playoffs, I think I rode the Chris Paul train. Uh, it, it almost got there. But that uh, Phoenix Milwaukee series was was a good one, and both teams look poised to do it again this year. So that was you look at some of the good stories in 2021. That was one of them. Um, you look at a story that was a little bit on the negative side. Obviously, the Celtics have been very disappointing. Danny Ainge finally took the door. Just just decided to uh, to get on Utah's uh, front office. I knew he wouldn't be out of the game for long. 
Brad Stevens is, the, is in the front office and the new coach is just not getting through to these guys as the Celtics sit at 16 and 19. And um, I'm, I'm looking for a, a huge shakeup at the trade deadline, Michael. You know, I'm going to go on a limb and say if Chris Paul does not get to the – if he does not win a championship this year, then he needs to it's, – it's over for him. And, he, and, and nobody deserves it more than him because the kid, he's got a little bit of an attitude. He's a little bit of a punk on the floor. I get it. He's great. But he deserves it because he, he, he plays hard when he plays. He's a hard no, player. And, and he's a leader. CP3, a lot of people, you know, the players behind him, they follow him. So the, the, uh, Phoenix would not be where they are. They were nowhere before he got there. Monty Williams has done a great job as a head coach. They play that, you know, they like to pass, shoot the three, which is pretty much the NBA now. Everybody likes to shoot the three. But CP3 is the uh, he's the quarterback of that club. And I agree with you. I think this year, I think the window is closing. I was surprised that, you know, I, that, you know, after last year, a lot of miles, a lot of miles on the uh, on those tires. So I'm just I don't know how much he's got left in the tank, but the, the team looks like they're poised for one, at least another run here. And I think CP3 is 37 now, so the clock is ticking for him. Another major loss, not to get off the NBA. I want to give a uh, special shout-out to the Jerry Remy family. Uh, we, we did lose a unbelievable broadcaster. He had 10 seasons with uh, in the major leagues. He's a Hall of Fame broadcaster, and that was a major, major hit to the Boston Red Sox calling the games up in the box. So he does what, we, what we're trying to do, and we respect him, and that's a big loss, Jerry Remy. Yeah, and of, and of course, Michael, you look at a, you look at Remy, and you talk about what, what we're doing here, and it's very similar. But Jerry Remy, you look at a, we were talking about John Madden earlier being a legend uh, as a coach, as yeah. a broadcaster, and with the video game. Well, Jerry Remy played for the Red Sox till 1984, had a nice career, he was a base stealer, used to steal 50 bases. But I don't think anybody remembers his ball playing days. They just in, in everybody's eyes, Jerry Remy, Rem Dogs. They remember him as a broadcaster from 1988 to 2021, and God bless him. He did it right till the end. He was he wasn't healthy. He was still in the broadcast booth doing games with Eckersley and 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 uh, and uh, Dave O'Brien. And uh, you know our, our thoughts go out to him and his family. And uh, R.I.P. Uh, Rem Dog. You're definitely going to be missed. You're definitely a polarizing uh, New England figure. Yeah, he was he was a legendary broadcaster, more than a legendary baseball player. Absolutely made his mark. And uh, and of course, I mentioned on, on an earlier podcast. He always gave credit to Ned Martin, who was the play-by-play guy at the time that Remy got his first gig with the Red Sox. 1988, he had no experience. He said right out, I had no idea what I was doing first day on the air, but they just threw him to the wolves, and he learned from Ned Martin, who was who was great in his own right. But uh, Rem Dog, he took it from there and uh, became became legendary in this, in the, you know, in, at least in this area. In New England, he'll always be remembered. <clears throat> Let's talk about the Salty Dogs. Great year you guys had. Unbelievable year. Dynamite Dean Salitro on the bump. You guys went to Florida. Came back with some hardware. That's what you call it, hardware. Yeah, I guess it was supposed to be hardware. It ended up being swag. But I'm just saying, it was, you know, we got rained out for the playoffs. But um, obviously, that I was, I was grateful to get the opportunity to pitch the game to put us into the playoffs. So obviously, you know, we were considered division champs. We got a little bit of swag, but it's all good. It was an enjoyable trip. It was a great season. Um, a little tumultuous, you know, coming off of, you know, where I was earlier in the season, you know, with, with the situation with my dad and all that. So it was a little difficult, but I was able to push, push on and realize that, uh, that he was looking down and, 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 you know, Watching me. That's, that's, that's how you have to, yes. that's, you have to believe that, I guess, you know, I, Mr. Salitro's in paradise. He's in a better place than we are. Believe me right now. And, you know, a special shout out to you and your family for that, that loss this year. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I think he was in Florida. I think he was watching the day in Florida when I, when I pitched against Venezuela and um, I don't want to say it was the game of my life. I hope it didn't take me to, 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 to 50 to say I could, I threw the game of my life, but um. It was definitely the season and that game and, you know, going back to all the games in Rhode Island this summer, pitching for the Salty Dogs, I, I you know, my season was dedicated to him and I hope uh, I hope I made him proud. That's all I can say. shout out to Frank for putting it all together every year, making it happen. I do bust the shops a lot on uh, our podcast because I would like some tomatoes this year because he is very focused on that garden. And a special shout out to Frank. He is the organizer. He makes it happen. And the guy, the kid's solid, solid kid all around. No, he, run, he runs the, the men's senior baseball league that we play in. You see the commercials for it. I mean, he, he promotes it. He plugs it. 
He doesn't, you know, it's not something he's, he's, he, he's not enhancing his bank account by doing it. He does it because he loves it. He's a dedicated guy. He's a good man. And um, I'm just happy to be a part of the league. And, you know, 50 years old, to still be playing ball at a competitive level, a highly competitive level is, um, is, gra- is very gratifying at this age. So it's, it's just enjoyable. Hopefully, you know, I'm not one of those guys that says, oh, five more years, six more years. Just give me the next year. If I stay healthy and I still have the drive and the love, which I, I believe I do, you know, I, I, I believe that uh, I can do this for a few more years, but, uh, you know, one year at a time. We got a podcast to build, so that's very important too. So hopefully that it gets to a point where we're so busy with our, building our brand, taking it to a higher level. Maybe I won't have time for the salty dogs at some point. So I'm not saying that wouldn't be a bad problem at 50 years old. So it's all, for, it's all good. I, for, for this year, for the last past year, 28 episodes, I want to thank you for making it possible because a lot of it has to do with you. I know you say you do technical stuff in the background. Yeah, that's whatever. Anybody can learn that. It's easy to learn and just get it done. But if it wasn't for you, the show wouldn't be possible with all your, your, your savant um, stats in your mind that can go back 20 years and you'll pull up a stat. And it's the show is possible because of you. I do add my little personality into there. And, you know, I have gotten better. And I'm going to pat myself on the back for making, making it all happen on Spotify. So a special shout out to Mikey Nails and Dean the Dream because we, we I can I could say this um on the podcast we work our fucking asses off to make this happen no we do and, and you've seen you know and people don't know what goes on behind the scenes but you know obviously we you know we're building the brand building it's not built yet the house isn't built yet the book hasn't been written yet but obviously you know you've got two jobs that you work two paying jobs that you hustle i've got my job at the restaurant i'm not killing myself anymore but i still have an obligation a job people don't realize you know obviously we finished this boom i'm heading to the restaurant it's listen, they don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but I mean, that's what that's in anything. But um, you and I, I mean, there's been some weeks where it's been dicey, whether it's been, you know, a health issue or a work issue or a family issue. It's happened. But, you know, we've always found a way to make it happen and and and, and get the, get the job done. And that's what it's all about, because we have a lot of loyal listeners. We have, you know, the sports chump family deserve they deserve the chumps once a week. And we're going to continue to put that forward, you know, in the new season. 2022, I believe, you know, I think a lot of people go into a season with, you know, resolutions and how things are going to be different. But I think you and I, you know, obviously, you know, little uh, production meeting here and there, we're going to build the brand. So if people like it now, they're going to love it even more because it's only going to get better. I know you, you know, you talk about equipment and all that stuff a little bit beyond my depth, but obviously I understand better equipment, better product, better this, better that. I think we're heading towards that. And I, I appreciate the kind words. I, I, I thank you back just for, for, for making it happen because without, obviously without either one of us, it doesn't happen, but uh, together, I think we've, uh, I think we've done a lot of great things in 2021. We've seen a lot of good, you know, unfortunately we've seen some bad. I think it's enjoyable right now to just kind of talk free form. No chump of the week. We're not, we're not knocking anybody for nonsense. It's just enjoyable to put a bow on the season, which is some, you know, obviously some positive, uh, positive uh, banter. So we're coming up to an end uh, recap on the sports here. This year in sports, whatever you want to call it, um, we got about two minutes left. Uh, and overall, I think it was a great year for us. It was a great year for sports. It was a decent year for the world. The COVID thing won't go away. I'm saying a prayer that it goes away by the summer and we can get back to having some normalcy. And that the losses stay to a minimum this year because there's a lot of people that we did lose this year. I know I keep talking negative and I want to keep talking negative. That will be missed. Um, and I hope for the sports world that this upcoming 2022, the year of is amazing. Is amazing. Yeah, and Michael, I agree with you. On, and I don't want to jump back to sports and certain things, but Tom Brady was just named sports person of the year by Sports Illustrated this week, this past week. And I just, you know, funny we didn't really talk much about it only because he basically the Tampa thing in the Super Bowl was really the 2020 season even though he won the Super Bowl in 2021 but I think if you're in Patriot Nation right now in New England let's face it football is like is like oxygen around here so let's face it Brady's in Tampa now did win a Super Bowl but obviously with Mac Jones and the Patriots I think they believe they have the next quarterback so at least we know that the future is pretty is bright in New England so I think everybody's finally moved on would you agree with that yeah, they, the comparisons have to stop. Mac Jones is Mac Jones. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. The next two games, I'm going to say this, and people could take it with a grain of salt and take it for what it's worth. 
the next two games is do or die, and it's going to tell you a lot about Mac Jones. Well, obviously, with, with Jacksonville coming up on Sunday, I don't want to say it's a chalk because the Patriots look bad the last couple of weeks, but, you know, obviously 15-point favorites. They should get it done with a loss by either the Raiders or the Dolphins, who are red hot. The Patriots would get to the playoffs with 10 wins, and that would be a, a real accomplishment. Let's hope it doesn't come down to Week 18 when they have to play the uh, when they have to play the Miami Dolphins. Let's hope it doesn't come down to that game because that's always a disaster when the Pats have to go down there. Yes, but all in all, it's been a great season. Oh, it's been a great season for the Patriots, no doubt about it. It's been a very positive season. We we the, the loss of a, of a, uh, the world's greatest quarterback, you know, and then you got you had the Cam Newton bullshit that was going on and. Then you got oh. Mac Jones and all this, but Mac Jones is a solid player. It's not a Tom Brady, but he's a solid NFL quarterback. Yeah, and I think he's only going to get better. You said it all. Yeah, people got to realize. You should, I, listen, I've heard you say it. People got to re- relax a little bit. Mac Jones is a rookie. He's still a rookie, you know. So you know, you got to you got to acknowledge that the kid's a rookie. It's, he had a he had for a rookie year. It's like he's been in the league for five years. Yeah, no, it's good. Who else? It's, it's who a, else has done that? Who else? No, listen. I like I said of the of that draft class, five five quarterbacks. He's he's right at the top. Trevor Lawrence obviously needs a coach, but I, I right now Max the Max the guy. And I don't uh, know if I'm gonna, be a- I'm gonna say this, and it should have been said a long time ago. Uh, all the Tom Brady fans need to thank Drew Bledsoe because without Drew Bledsoe, there is no Tom Brady. No, I agree. And if Michael, I'll just take it one further, one step further as we close things out here. Obviously, if you're going to give Bledsoe credit, you know, you look at Belichick, you got to give Parcells credit because when they came in in the mid '90s, they got things going here and they set this thing up. So let's give credit to where credit's due. So, recap on the year of the sports jumps. Solid year for us. We're going to get better. Sports is going to get better, and. uh we hope you get more listeners. We hope everyone stays loyal. I hope everybody has a wonderful new year. Everything that they want, they get. If you want something, go get it. It doesn't happen by waiting for it. As my grandfather Absolutely. would say, as my grandfather would say, you have to make the decision. And I said this before on the on the actual sports jumps. In the world, there's hammers and there's nails. You decide which one you want to be. I like it. You're, by the way, you're nails. So I'm just saying, you always have been. That's why your nickname, Mikey Nails. That's why I'm the dream. We all, you know, everybody has their stick, something that resonates with, you know, something that sounds good. And I think Dream and Nails are going to take things hardcore in 2022, keep this brand building, and uh, the sports jumps are going places. I believe it. That's a wrap for 2021. My name is Mikey Nails. I'm Dean the Dream. Have a safe, safe new year. We'll see you in 2022.